Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And before we get into our regularly scheduled podcast, um, we wanted to address some of the things going on in the world right now because we, we've taken kind of a hiatus and we haven't really posted much on Facebook or posted episodes of the show. And we just wanted to address why and why we took some time off and all of that. So, Devin, do you want to talk a bit? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, so we thought it was important, at least a little bit, to kind of back off our social media posts so that more important ones and ones that are definitely more relevant to the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on right now are able to be seen more at the forefront. Uh, and it's not that, you know, we didn't want it didn't feel appropriate to, to do the kind of podcast that we do where we try to be more fun. We try to be more irreverent. It didn't feel right to have our stuff, you know, perhaps hiding an important post from somebody or going over top of something. And it's not necessarily that we just didn't want to post cause that's, you know, that's nothing. We wanted to actually do something about it too. So Ryan. Yeah. So, um, in doing so, we talked about what organizations, uh, uh, meant uh, which organizations um, that we felt would be good for us to actually donate to, to actually do something for, uh, for, 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 for what's going on. Mm. And we discussed it and we came up to the equal justice initiative. And I'm going to read directly from their website, a quick summary of what they do. The equal justice initiative is committed to ending mass incarceration and excessive punishment in the United States to challenge racial and economic injustice and to protect basic human rights for the most vulnerable people in American society. It was founded in 1989 by Brian Stevenson. What they do, to kind of give examples, they take people who have been uh, wrongly convicted or were convicted and were not given a fair trial. And a lot of times, unfortunately, in this country, that falls on racial lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually a very good movie out that's based on uh, Brian's book called Just Mercy. And I watched it recently. Uh, it's going to be free to rent for the, for, uh, for the month of June. We're oh. halfway through it. Um, I highly recommend watching it. The movie is about um, his first case, pretty much, about what put uh, uh, the case that put their organization on the map, per se. Um, they have done they have done a ton of good for mm. people. Um, and throughout all of the different organizations, we felt that this was the one that really fit to where the three of us wanted to kind of push to make things better. And that's one avenue. And that's one thing that definitely needs to be fixed. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I I think from here on out, we'll get back to our regular schedule. Yeah. We, we have a lot of episodes in the bank, Mm -hmm. so we're not going to be addressing anything in these episodes coming up over the next few weeks because we haven't, we've, they were all recorded in May. Yeah, right. Uh, so th- this episode we recorded about three weeks ago mm-hmm. from when we're recording this introduction. So, uh, and we're finally all in the same room again. Right. So, yeah. um, so yeah, 
I don't think there's any comments that are off color in any of the podcasts that we did. No. Uh, but yeah, so just keep that in mind going forward on the podcast. Um, uh, if you, if you're able to make a donation to any to the organization that we did or any organization that you think helps with everything that's going on right now, uh, please do. Yeah. Um, and if you're interested in donating like we did, we put a link in the description of this podcast. Just go ahead and click that. Uh, we'll put some links to some other worthwhile charities that I think that our audience would enjoy as well. And without any further ado, enjoy the rest of the show. Enjoy our video game triple feature hmm? that didn't have an intro to begin with. <laughs> now it does. <laughs> Take it away, past Alan, Ryan, and Devin. Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're doing our second triple feature. Uh, we might make this a regular thing on the show every, every few episodes, just doing a triple feature, talking about three movies that have something in common that some of us haven't seen before. So today's topic is video games. And since this is Devin's idea, I'm going to give it to Devin. Devin, take it away. <laughs> hey, thanks. So first off, I'm really pumped that we're doing this because I got to see a lot of very different video game movies this time. Um, almost all of which I've seen before. One I definitely haven't and can't wait to talk about it. But honestly, I am most pumped to talk about my pick. So you're a talking Pikachu with no memories who's addicted to caffeine. I could stop whenever I want. These are just choices. Another round, extra shot. Black as night, thank you, sweetie. <laughs> so my pick is Detective Pikachu. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, it is a 2019 movie uh, directed by Rob Letterman, uh, who stars uh, Ryan Reynolds and Justice Smith. Um, I just knew him as the guy from Jurassic World. I think that's the only time I've really seen him do anything else. Um, it's funny because I, I looked up, I looked him up on IMDb and I was looking at his biography and it specifically says, even though his name is Smith, he has no relation to Will Smith. <laughs> like that, that's Ouch. just like a, a, a trivia fact. I guess so many people are like, he's got to be Will Smith's son, right? No. no, no, he's not. No. Yeah, that sounds like a bad internet rumor they had to just squash right away. Yeah. All right, so I'm pumped to dig into Detective Pikachu. So, Ryan, you've seen it before. Alan, you haven't. I want to start with Ryan. Ryan, what did you think of this movie? Well, uh, I I have a Detective Pikachu that I'm showing to you guys <laughs> right now. That's about a foot-tall, stuffed, detective hat-wearing Pikachu. So I was, I was extremely happy when this movie was like going to be coming out, and I missed it in theaters because I just didn't get the chance to go. But as soon as it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it, and it did not disappoint. It was exactly what I wanted it to be, which is just a story, any story taking place within the Pokemon world. And that's what it was. And it made me happy. And I watch it occasionally. That's really it. <laughs> so then I think I'm going to have to ask this follow-up question just because of this, the way this, this triple feature is working. Do you have exposure to Pokemon then? Like, have you played some of the games? Like, were you familiar with this franchise at all? Yeah, I mean, I'm I was in like fourth, fifth grade when Pokemon hit the States. So like I have a binder full of cards of, of like the first generation. I have Pokemon Red, Pokemon Yellow. In fact, I have the my uh, Game Boy Advanced SP out at the moment charging because, you know, I, I was showing you guys some of the games that I have for it. Uh, and then I have like a 
Pokemon, like, Scrabble game or something. I don't know. It was Kristen's. So when we got married, we were going through our stuff, and she had, a, like, a puzzle craze Pokemon game. So there's that. But, yeah, no, um, I had the cards. I tried playing. I still don't know how to play it. <laughs> I Does anyone, the though? Cards. Oh, no, no, there's rules. I, I got close. Really? I think I got close. I don't know what the stones were for. Yeah. But I got close. Yeah, they had, like, powers or something. Like, you got, like, a fire stone or something. I didn't know. Yes. It, it's a deck-building game, and so I never really... The only deck building game I ever really got into was Legendary, but that's a little bit different than trading cards. It's a yeah. So I, I mean, got like, into a real fist fight with my sister over the card game. Is that close? Yeah, I think that works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so like, I have a bunch of the first generation cards. Um, mm-hmm. I've got two of the. I've got red and yellow, and then that puzzle craze. And I've just been a fan of, like, the whole Pokemon thing. In fact, I was, because of, you know, being in fourth, fifth grade and growing up with it, as soon as they came out with, like, the second gen, and they came out with games past, like, the original ones, Mm -hmm. I just, I saw some kids playing them, and they looked exactly like blue and yellow. I mean, red and yellow. Yeah. And just, just with the new Pokemon in them, which never interests me, so I never played past that. So, like, I'm stuck in the first gen of Pokemon as a fan. So how is it seeing new ones in this? And then I want to I ask Alan all three of these questions then. Well, I mean, it's fine. In fact, like, I, I was a huge fan of the show. Like, I would watch okay. it um, every day. And then when I heard that they were bringing back Ash for a new show on Netflix, I think it was. Like, XY or YX or something. Um I watched some of that, and that had all of the generations of them, and it's fine. Like, it's, you know, there's like a thousand of them now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fine that they exist. I don't hate on that fact, and I don't hate on people who like the new gens. It's just, it's not for me. Like, I know, it's like, I know, well, I did know my 151, and I could and I could see their silhouettes and name their, you know, and name them that, you know, that you know that whole thing when, when, when i was a kid and 151 yeah. is enough for me sure and i like the show i like the new show the new pokemon were interesting you know the fact that they could turn into human form was you know kind of cool kind of questionable but kind of cool um but yeah i mean i'm i'm just a fan of the whole thing so the movie itself for me was done perfectly all right so then alan same questions uh how, what is your exposure to yeah, Pokemon? Yeah, you're going to have to repeat them. What is your exposure to Pokemon? What did you think of the movie? Slash, when did you see it? Okay, so I saw the movie for the podcast. Okay. Uh, it's one of those ones I wanted to see in theaters, like Ryan, but never got to. This is what I consider a drive-in movie. Like, hey, if this shows that the drive-in was something that looks half decent, yeah, l- let's go. Yeah. Um, it never did. <laughs> um, but I, I've had it sitting on my digital library for a while. Um, I just haven't gotten around to it. I watched maybe the first five minutes at a bachelor party once, but <laughs> then it quickly descended into something else because <laughs> it was a bachelor party. I'm not going to say what else. Sounds normal. Because um, that that I'll take those secrets to my grave. It was strip poker. Uh, <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yes. Um, but as far as Pokemon goes, I was I remember I was part of the big craze. I played. Blue, gold, silver, 
and yellow. I, mm-hmm. I think I missed yellow in there. So I played those four games and kind of stopped after that. Um, but I remember seeing the first movie in theaters with Mewtwo and Pikachu crying over Stone Ash, uh, which they, they just remade that movie on Netflix, which is weird. They remade it? Yeah, it's like a CGI oh, version weird. of it. It probably, it's it like probably a spin, looks like the It's a spinoff show. of the show, yeah. Yeah. Because the new show is kind of a reboot but or retelling of it all. Oh. Um, but I enjoyed the movie. Um, I think I'm getting a little tired of the whole Ryan Reynolds shtick. Um, but it, it's fine in this. Like, it's not as annoying as I thought it would be. I still wish that the, they had cast, cast Danny DeVito like the internet wanted them to, because that's a completely different movie, which I would be more than okay with seeing up until the very end of the film, which we'll talk about. Um, <laughs> that would have been weird. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just as weird as Ryan Reynolds being there. Um, yeah. But no, I enjoyed the film. It's a lot of fun. There are a lot of Easter eggs that I probably didn't understand because I've been away from the franchise for so long. Mm. But also a lot that was like, oh, my God, they did that. That's awesome. Like yeah. Q- Cubone was like the first Pokemon you actually see. I'm like, okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Right. And not only was he the first Pokemon, they got really into his like dark backstory where they're like, oh, yeah, that's the skull of his dead mom. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, the fact Pokemon that they did that type up. of stuff. I really like oh, the fact yeah. that they did that kind of stuff. I mean, that's a lot of what I like the most about the movie is they, they felt like they did their research, at least. And they weren't like, hey, kids like Pokemon. Look, it's a Pikachu in a hat. That'll sell toys that Ryan will buy. And like that's because that would have that would made me so mad because I'm a bit of a Pokemon fan, too. Like I bought the last generation when they were on like Pokemon version of Hawaii. Um, I bought I mean, I've been probably more recent than you guys with my Pokemon games. Um, I never actually played the game that this movie's based on, though, Um, because this the game is Detective Pikachu. uh, And I was doing some research and there are some plot differences between the game and the movie. Well, what I think is so hard to about the Pokemon franchise is like the movies that they released with the cartoon shows are just season finales of the cartoon. Like it just plays along with that storyline. So you get these threads throughout that show that pay off at the end of the season in these in those movies. It's kind of hard to do a feature adaptation of Pokemon because it's not really a narrative. It's an adventure like it's going from town to town like you do in the show. It, it, it works better in the television episodic format. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a film, you need a... If you're going to base a film off of a video game, you need that that story that they have in the Detective Pikachu game that they base this off of. And I think that is very smart of them to do. That way, it's just it's an introduction to all of the... to this world of Pokemon. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of what I saw on, like when researching this movie, because I'm a Pokemon nerd, I watched everything about it. A lot of what I saw is that people liked the movie, not necessarily for the Pokemon aspect of it. They liked it more for the Ryan Reynolds aspect of it. A lot of uh, internet stuff I saw was like, Ryan Reynolds held the movie together. Ryan Reynolds pulled the movie up to a better comedy. And like, Alan, I know you said you were a little bit sick of his shtick. Like what's too far? Like what movie is too much Ryan Reynolds for you that this one kind of balanced out? Deadpool 2. Was that too much? It, Deadpool 2 leaned in. 
Deadpool 2 got too meta for me. I've only seen it the one time. Mm-hmm. I need to revisit it. But say, like, okay, you d- you're doing the same thing you did before. Yeah. Like, when he does it a little bit differently, it's okay. Like, at least in this one, he has to keep it PG. Well, and that was the one thing I did appreciate, is I didn't think this was Deadpool Pikachu, or, like, PG Deadpool, which I think it could have been. I mean, do you guys, yeah, do you guys agree with that? Yeah, this was more like... He- I could definitely see this Pikachu fighting with like Hugh Jackman on Instagram. Like it's that <laughs> it's that Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. It's the one it's the Ryan Reynolds that knows that there's kids in the room. And to be honest, I like that Ryan Reynolds better than I do okay. dead uh, than I do the Deadpool Reynolds because he's more witty and he's more intelligent with his wit when it's more fam when it's more f- Fan, fan, family, family friendly, and I'm not saying that I don't like Deadpool. I love Deadpool. I love, I, I love that side of, of Ryan Reynolds. But I like him when he's more diverse with his humor, better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really think you needed Ryan Reynolds to hold this movie together. I mean, to me, being a fan of like the culture of Pokemon. And just like in general, the the, the card game and, and everything else, uh, he just the movie stood on its own. Like the world they built, built fit, Rhyme City worked. Um, they showed the right amount of Pokemon they need to show. Um, they showed the things that everybody wanted to see, like uh, uh, now I'm forgetting the name. I feel like a moron right now. Uh, uh, Jigglypuff singing in the bar. Yeah. With the guy sleeping. Like, they did little things like that. Like, they showed a Snorlax that fell asleep in the middle of the street. And they were, like, you know, diverting traffic around it. It was a quick, like, one and a half second pan that they had it. So, to me, they made this right. And for any Pokemon person who ever played it as a kid, a teenager, an adult, just will appreciate this movie because they did it right to me i like to have a scale when it comes to video game movies and that's the mortal mm. combat scale and this surpasses that scale so is that a scientific scale ryan for me it is yeah so is what is it scale based on is it like how like faithful it is to the video game or is how it how faithful it is to the world of the video game it's just okay. like a it, it, it it's just it's just like a movie based off a book. Does it need to be mm-hmm. word for word exactly like the book? No. Does it need to be honest to the wor- world that the book is about? Yes. Yeah. And I get that because I, I said this a little bit earlier, but of the three movies that we watch, and I'm going to throw down the gauntlet now, I think this is the most faithful adaptation. Uh, and we can talk about the nuances of that once we start talking about the rest of them. But I think that's definitely where I plant my flag, is I think of the three movies we're going to talk about, this one is the most faithful. Okay. Having only been familiar with two of the franchises out of the three we're talking about, mm-hmm. I'm going to agree with that. Okay. Um, so I can't, I can't really speak for the one, which we'll get into later. Um, good. So, the, so I, I, ha- I have a question about this movie. Yeah. So... In the Pokemon world, timeline-wise, mm-hmm. this takes place 20 years after Pokemon the movie. It does. Correct? Yeah. 
which is ironic because it's also 20 real years after Pokemon, the first movie. Okay. I, I like that nod a lot. It's like, okay, that's cool. That's a cool, like, it would have been nice to, like, see, like, Giovanni's shadow or something. Oh, yeah, that would have been neat. Could you go over that again? Uh, I completely lost you guys. Completely lost. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, you go ahead. 20 years after the Pokemon first movie. Okay, so this movie takes place 20 years after the yeah, animated one about... that I went to go see as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, that works. Yeah, and it's 20 real years since then, too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, that's that's what I figured. We're talking about the the, the, the like timeline in the series. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I mean, Ryan, you were speaking to about, like, how faithful it was to some of the, the stuff in the show. And, like, there's a scene that... I thought was really stupid when I first like watched the movie and then I researched it and went, Oh, that was really clever. I hate this. And that's when Pikachu gets hit with the smallest little rock on the top of the head. And it like just about kills him. Yeah. And I was like, why was that it? Like he's suffered so much more. Uh, Pikachus are weak against rock type moves. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I didn't put that together. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, they they really did their homework, you know, for it. And that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. I mean, even to the point of, like, the first time I watched this movie, I was really put off at first by how the, uh, what's her name, the intern reporter. Oh, yeah. What's her name? Her. I was really put off by how she talked. At uh-huh. first, like her verbiage, but then, like her second scene that she was in, I realized, hang on a second, she's talking like the characters in the video game, because in the video game they say really weird stuff very oddly, and she was doing the same thing at first, and I was like, oh cool, okay, this is just like a character in the video game, and and they're dressed, they are, the the same way in the cartoons and. It, uh, is in the video game. So, I mean, like, they did a good job doing their research to make this thing. They really did. And I have, so I have one dumb fact that I got from IMDb because sometimes we'll plunder IMDb for facts. My only dumb fact that I want to share with you that I feel like is very important is that uh, when he first goes into his dad's apartment and he goes, ugh, watching dumb gangster movies or dumb detective movies again, uh, that is actually a clip from the movie Angels with Filthy Souls, which also appears in Home Alone. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Which is not a real movie. Yeah, yeah. it's, not, it's, not yeah, a, it's yeah. that fake one. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I lost it at that scene, and my wife, who's in the room not paying attention because she doesn't care about Pokemon, Yeah, I was like, what's so funny? I was like, that's the movie from Home Alone, from the pizza delivery. She's like, that's cool. You caught like, that? that? That's the old... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I caught that too. That's not... Oh. Hi. I'm Alan. Have we met? <laughs> and good point. Good point. That kind of stands out because they played not just the first one, but they also make a second version of that for the second one. Like that's. Oh a, really? Yeah. That that fake movie is kind of important to both films. That's funny. I haven't seen the Home Alone series in so long that like I just forget a lot of minute details about it. That's okay. I know it's a shame. All right, so then I have one last question for us, uh, probably before I end before I end my part. Um, my question to you guys is, if you were to have a Pokemon companion, like in the movie, because I thought about this the whole freaking movie, which one would it be? 
And to give you guys more time, I thought about mine already. Because uh, I kind of sprang this one on you. So mine would 100,000% be Psyduck. Just because of how he was portrayed in the movie is exactly like what would pair well with this. Uh, just this like anxiety-driven Pokemon that you need to constantly calm down and reassure that things are fine. That's like That's like me all the time. Uh, but if it makes you feel better, my pet that I really have, my dog, is a lot like that snobble that the detective had. The one that's like a huge jerk, but the guy's like, oh, no, he's really sweet on the inside. What's its like, name? That's my dog. Uh, the My dog or the pet? No, the pet. The, the, the one. The, oh, uh, Snobble? The, snobble. Snobble, yeah. I thought they were saying Snowball. <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it's a Gen, I think it's a Gen 2 Pokemon. Uh, yeah. It's called Snobble. It's just a, like a weird, okay. angry bulldog. Well, I don't know. I know mine because I, I pulled up my Pokedex in, in my Pokemon Red. And oh, boy. So, I mean, I mean, like, this is straight from, like, fifth grade. So I always know that uh, I remember that I always put my favorite Pokemon at the very top of the Pokemon list that I had to use. So oh. out of the six, it's Dragonite. Oh, yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah, because, I mean, it was it was a dragon type, so it could use different attacks from different types of Pokemon. So, like, it mm-hmm. wasn't just, like, you know, electric or water. Like, it could use water or electric or, you know, like, psychic and, like, ground or rock, whatever. So, like... Those were my favorite, and I think, yeah. I got too far and started thinking about the logistics of the Pokemon Pals. I was like, I would love a Dragonite. Where would I keep it? Yeah, you just keep it outside in the forest. Just like how, (laughs) you know, you would treat it the same way Hagrid treated his half-brother in Harry Potter. You tie him up to a tree in the Forbidden Forest. (laughs) That is a deep boulder. that's how any... Anyone should be treated. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, but my Dragonite would live in the open field that's right across the street. Because it would be probably because it would be as tall as the apartment building that I'm living in right now. But he'd be adorable. He 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 would be adorable with his round face and you know round nose and his tough. friendlier Charizard look. Exactly. Speaking of, I have him named Zippo. In my uh, Pokedex. <laughs> my Charizard. How clever you were. Alan, YouTube. did you come up with a Pokemon? Uh, I'm looking at the, the first 151 yes. right now to pick one. I want to go electric type, but I don't want to say Pikachu, but I'm going to say Pikachu. <laughs> totally uh, fine. Here's why. Because Pikachu is the coolest Pokemon. That's small that you can carry around with you easily. Like Charizard's the coolest, but I'm not going to be able to go in and out of the grocery store with a, with a Charizard. <laughs> True. Um, but ele- electric Pokemon, you can just tra- have them charge your phone all the time. Like, mm-hmm. hey, my phone's dying. Wouldn't Z- that be the yeah, same like thing that. as like putting your cell phone in a microwave to recharge it? Like, I feel like that's what happened to your phone. Yeah. I bet you. I'll bet you in Rhyme City they've come up with like adapters, like from Pikachu to like AC out or something. You mean like how Pikachu t- said that uh, his, said that the, the, the kid sh- should get a uh, a shoulder saddle for him? Exactly. <laughs> Which yeah. means like that probably exists in this world. 
Yeah. And to be fair, if I had a Charizard, I would probably get mad at people and just burn the town like it was uh, King's Landing. So, <laughs> See, But it'd have to be completely out of character. If you don't want to I go would. directly with a Pikachu, you, you can always go with with the uh, with uh, uh, Raichu. Uh, or a mm. Pichu, the cuter version. <laughs> no, I'm going Pikachu. Good call. Gen I'm going one. Pikachu. Okay. But my, mine is voiced by Dan DeVito. So, <laughs> there's that. I got an egg. That's all I'll say. Uh, all right. So, I think that's all I got for Detective but Pikachu. I, I, I have one last thing. Yeah. You brought, up the de- you brought up the detective in the town. Uh-huh. Uh, Ken Watanabe. Yeah. Um, I... I'm so used to him in Godzilla. <laughs> yes. I was really waiting for him to just say, let them fight. <laughs> I'm it pretty fits sure. So well. I'm pretty sure somewhere somebody's made a fan cut of, and a bad one at that. It's just right before the scene in that underground illegal Pokemon fight. And they're about to go. And then it's just that scene of him from Godzilla going, let them fight. And then, you know, they, <laughs> And they go at it. And like you said, just a really bad cut. Like lighting just, doesn't go in right. Just a bad like soundtrack. No, 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 cuts. no, 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 no. Just right from the trailer. Like it's, <laughs> it's like it's him standing outside the bunker talking to the general saying, let them fight. Like totally, totally offset offsite from where that building is. Just a bad cut. I love cut. it. I want that. But, but, you know, sound wise, it would sound good. Just not looking at it. Just not looking at it. <laughs> you have to close your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's, a, that's all I've got for Detective Pikachu. So let's move on to Ryan's pick for this week. Ryan, take it away. What is this place? This is your second chance. What do you want from me? Your past. You're about to enter the Animus. What you see, hear, and feel are the memories of your ancestor, who's been dead for 500 years. Wait a minute! Welcome to the Spanish Inquisition. Okay, so I picked Assassin's Creed, and I would have the information pulled up, but my computer is really bad with the internet right now, so I had to close the IMDb page <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to keep on talking to you guys. So... Uh, does anybody have the year up? <laughs> I think it was 2000. I'm going to say 2016, right? I think so. Okay. So it's a 2016 film, and it's based off the Assassin's Creed game series, which is extremely de- which is extremely dense in story. Um, my first interaction with this film was just finding out that they were making one and being... Uh, and uh and being stoked for it i didn't get a chance to see it in theaters um because of work at that point but as soon as it came out on blu-ray i bought it and i was extremely happy with it um the one uh the one thing that i will give it is that they they made some artistic uh uh uh, choices between the video game and the movie which which i think worked but but, you know, we'll get into that. Uh, the Assassin's Creed storyline has to do between the Assassins, who pretty much fight for freedom, um, and the Knights Templar, which 
uh, is all about order and obedience. And it's a constant fight between the generations, between the two groups. The Templars are always trying to find a way to control uh, humanity as a mass, and the Assassins are always trying to fight against them. Uh, the game series you play as the assassins to fight the the uh, to fight the Templars, and every video game to video game series within it, uh, you follow an individual person, and it's set in modern time or a little bit in the future. And in the world, they have devised a way to go into your DNA and 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 to pull out the memories of your ancestors, thousands of years in the past, and. And in the game, you play mostly in the past, discovering what this person's ancestors saw or did. And usually it's at the whim of the Knights Templar, uh, and then you as the assassin have to like fight against what they're doing. So Devin, I know that I know that uh, I know that you played I know that you played the game series because we kind of talked about this a little bit. Alan, what's your experience with the video game? Uh, there I have none. I know it's. Ex- I know it exists. <laughs> I know that it takes there. A bunch of them take place in different time periods and different settings. Okay. I learned what the game was about from the movie trailer. I didn't know it was like a time travel DNA thing, at all. <laughs> like okay. I just, I was like, oh, okay, you're playing assassins. I think I saw my cousin play it once. Yeah. At his house. That's about it. Okay. Well, I mean, this is going to be very. Uh, this is going to be. An interesting conversation, then, uh, Devin. I'll start with you. What was your like? What's? Uh, oh, I forgot to. My experience with the games. I uh-huh. started off with Assassin's Creed Two, which, and then, and then was it that led to Brotherhood, and then Revelations, I believe it is, which is the Ezio yeah. series, which was you follow Ezio. Um, I then played the first one. I went back and played the first one once. And then I played the Assassin's Creed 3, which is following the Native American during the American Revolutionary War. And mm-hmm. I tried playing Unity. I tried playing back. Uh, I, uh, I tried playing Black, Fra- Black Flag. And mm-hmm. I tried playing the one in Egypt. And mm-hmm. I just can't get through them. It's the gameplay. The storyline's great. The graphics are great. I just want my old gameplay back. But anyway, so Devin, that. what's your history with the movie, the games, that that type of deal? So we'll start with the the games because I got super into one when one came out, and then I became this like bitter old man when two came out. I was like, how dare they follow up a art a piece of art like this? And I <laughs> uh, didn't play two. It took like some it took somebody like three years to convince me to play two, and then I did, and I'm like, ah, I'm a curmudgeon. That's right, and I love two. <laughs> Uh, and then I played uh, the one after Brotherhood. Uh, and then I, like, didn't play them for a while until Black Flag. Loved Black Flag. Uh, and then played um, Unity. Um, it was a Unity. I played a little bit of Origins, and I'm currently playing Odyssey, like, literally as we speak. Like, I just paused the game to be on this podcast. So I'm pretty uh, familiar with the game. I, like, do – I'm the dumb guy that's, like, I need to know everything about the lore. So whenever the movie yeah. came out, I loved it and was so pumped about the movie coming out that, like, I think I saw it in theaters, like, opening weekend. Um, my my partner, Romana, loves the movie series – or loves the video game series, too. So she wanted to see it just as much as I did. Uh, I remember on my first pass of the movie, I remember thinking, oh, forgettable. But I liked it so much more this time. 
<laughs> well, that's good. That's yeah. definitely good. Um, so, Alan, I think we already know about your history with the game since you already told us. Uh, but what did you think of the, the movie? The lack thereof. Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. Um, so I was watching it with my wife in the room. And she started laughing like 10 minutes into it. I was like, what's so funny? She's like, no, I, I had a thought and it, it was stupid when I thought it. And then I was like, okay, you got to tell me now. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm watching this and I, I think, I thought to myself, this would be a lot better if it was a video game. Then I remembered it's based on a video game. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I laughed. I was like, you know, that. so I, I had that in mind looking at the movie. Okay. I would have much rather been playing this than watching it. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't a big fan of the action scenes. Um, and I don't know if it, like, I had to mess with, I'm still getting used to my new TV. So mm. you gave me the DVD, so the quality wasn't the best. You gotcha. Uh, and I was playing with color settings, just trying to see. I, I had a hard time seeing, like, the opening scene. So I adjusted my settings, and it was better throughout the rest of it. But the way the action was cut, like, I just, I wasn't a big fan of it. It was, like, a lot of, I think my biggest problem is the the games are rated M for Mature. Yeah. So I'm assuming there's a lot of blood and gore, or at least some, mm. in, the, in the games. It's there's a, none of that here. Well, to be honest, in the game itself, there's really not a lot of blood. It's sound. Like, you hear the blade cutting through the vertebrae. You hear it cutting muscle. Okay. So, like, you get that, like, slicey, crunchy sound whenever the blade goes into somebody. Okay. Yeah, I I guess I just... They cut away from all of it very fast, and it was distracting and hard to follow. Like, I was like, okay, it's a chase scene. I got it. I've seen this before. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this would be a lot more fun if I was playing it. Like, I, I I've been playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order, mm-hmm. and... I played probably my favorite chase sequence in a video game ever yet last night on Kashyyyk. Yes, I know which one you talked about. Yep. It, I, was, I had to pause the game and be like, this is beautiful. <laughs> uh, I've, Ryan hasn't played it yet. But I was like, this is amazing. Like, it, it just flowed so well. It was a video game, but it was still cinematic. But, but I'm watching this video game movie, and it, it's supposed to be cinematic. But I was like, this just feels like... It feels like the editor is just button bashing. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Well, the I'm not sure if Devin will agree with this or not. The fighting style in Assassin's Creed, it's a lot of defending and it's a lot of like, I'm going to screw this up, parrying. No, you got it. Yeah. It's a lot of like, um, you get somebody with a sword, they go in a stabbing motion you grab the blade or you grab their hand and pull it and then you pull them into your wrist blade or mm-hmm. you use your defense and their body weight to was it your advantage so it's a lot yeah. of that throughout the game so it's a lot of quick fighting so the way that they depict the fighting in this movie is very close to how the to how the fighting is in the game and this is where for me anyway i i would say that the director and the producers took artistic um, decision or uh, uh, executive decisions, I should say, in changing artistic from license. yeah, yeah. There yeah. we go. Um, from changing the way it is in the game to the uh, to the big screen, um, because there's a lot of things you just can't do, and and there's a lot of things that would just be boring. 
to be perfectly honest. Like the Atomus. The the the, yeah. the device that they put you in so that you relive your moments. In the video game, you're lying on a table with a headset on. That's it. That's all it is. What they did in the movie was they put you to this arm and then you could freely act out what you were re reliving. And in the movie it worked. I would have much uh, um because I wouldn't I I would have not wanted to watch some guy twitching on a table or a chair. I I, I saw that in the Matrix. So I it mean, works so well. It works so well. They stole it for Palpatine and Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> but yeah, really though go. they did. <laughs> yeah, they they basically did. But yeah, um so when it comes to the fighting um, that's pretty much what that was. Like the reason why it was so quick, and the reason why it seemed like they were bushing, like you know, like button bashing, um, is because that's how the fighting style is in the game. So mm. I think that might be okay. So Devin, maybe you can answer this question because I don't think Ryan can. Huh? How similar is the fighting style in these games to like Arkham City, Arkham Knight? Way different. I mean, way different. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Arkham City and Arkham Knight's kind of more combo-based and a little bit flashier. Um, because I know there's an element of sneaking in Assassin's Creed, right? Oh, yeah, and they didn't like show a lot of that. Yeah, no, yeah. they didn't. Yeah. See, I, I'm more intrigued by that kind of stuff and not just the 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 Marvel-esque cutting of an action scene. Like, I, I want to see, like, a John Wick action scene where, you don't, where you're not up close and cutting a lot. It's like... A wider shot and you see them actually do stuff like you got you have them in this in this time setting of the the crusades mm-hmm. i want to see like this fight scene with th- these cool weapons and do like a hallway shot like in daredevil like there's been so many good i guess i'm just spoiled with action scenes that when it's cut to hell i it, it bugs me <laughs> i mean that's a fair point and i'm a fan of 80s action movies so to me, it's just the way action's filmed. Like, <laughs> it's a way to do it. But, but it can be. But yeah. it, it 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 just flows better for me. That's fine. Seeing it, yeah. not as choppy. Because I get, I got bored with it. It was like, okay, I'm gonna look at stuff on eBay. Like, <laughs> okay, so one of the, one of the things with me about this movie, though, it's not about the action, and mm-hmm. it's not about the fighting, and I think that's one of the reasons why there's not a lot of it. To me, it's about the story. Because one thing about the Assassin's Creed games, and Devin mentioned this before when him and I were talking, um, is that it's very dense. The stories, the tie-ins, the uh, fictional historical stuff that that they do, like they actually look up real people and they tie them into events that, you know, could happen when they were alive. Um, But the movie does a good job of diving into a story that one of the video games would have died into. And that's uh, and that's where I like this movie. I, I, I really like the fictional history aspect of it and the storytelling um, that they did. Uh, Devin, I'm not sure. Uh, is that is that one of the things that drew that drew you into it? Yeah. So I think they picked a really good time frame for the movie when they go back to the I mean back to the past. Um, I think they picked a really, it it was classic Assassin's Creed. I mean, it was a Spanish Inquisition. It was exactly what you would have seen in an early style Assassin's Creed game. And then the story outside of it was basically the same one that we saw in Assassin's Creed 1. They're after that Apple of Eden. 
Um, I think they gave the the Templars a little more to do in this game than they would have in an Assassin's Creed game generally. But that's, oh yeah, definitely. That's fine. I mean, they yeah, needed to carry. I mean, they got well, they got Marion Cotillard to do and Jeremy Irons like in the movie. You have to give them something to do. They can't yeah. just be figureheads. Like, yeah. Ed, so, yes. One of the things I was curious about uh, is Alan. The Assassin's Creed, we're on the lore and stuff. Assassin's Creed has a lot of really kind of dense kind of like, it gets weird. It gets real weird if you follow it down its rabbit hole far enough. Were there parts yeah. of this movie that just struck you as like, as like weird or dumb? Like I'm thinking specifically about like in the opening, he cuts his finger off and they don't really explain it. In yeah. um, they're chasing this thing called the Apple of Eden that like controls human minds, but they don't like explain that too much. Like, did the movie do a good job internally explaining it, or did it just seem like they may as well throw that in here now? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't know if the movie did a good job of explaining it, or if I just know the formula of the MacGuffin adventure type movie. Okay. Sure. Because I, I got kind of like an Indiana Jones vibe from that whole thing. Yeah. Like. They're after the Apple of Eden. You've got this group of people going after it. They they have, like, weird ritualistic things because they're a cult. Mm. Um, so I, I kind of understood what was going on. Um, why did they cut his finger off? Okay, so it's his ring finger. And yeah. it's the... And, and for that device to fit your hand and your wrist, you have to show a sign of, like... Um, honor or like sacrifice of carrying it to understand the load of what you're doing. So it's pretty much cutting off your ring finger. So like you're missing that, you know, one that you would give to somebody else, you know, by wearing that ring, you're wearing that blade instead. So there's that now in the lore and in the video game, Leonardo da Vinci is the one that figures out how to fix it to where you don't need to cut off your hand. I mean, your finger. And and that went to Ezio. You mean Star Trek Voyagers, Leonardo da Vinci? Actually, they were going to get Robert Downey Jr. to play him in this movie. Really? Yeah. I read up a little bit on it, and I'm sad that he's not in it. Yeah. Uh, that would have been cool. And then the Apple of Eden, and this is where it really goes down the rabbit hole. And, Devin, if you get... If I get something wrong, by all means. Oh, no, man. I, okay. I trust you. Okay, good. Um, so there was an ancient civilization that lived on Earth before humans. And I'm talking, like, really advanced stuff. Like, think of think of ancient aliens, except for the fact they're not aliens. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the Flintstones. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm okay. I'm not upset about um, that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, the, the Apple of Eden is is a device that's basically a, a supercomputer and it can control thought and it, and it, it has all of the recordings of what uh of like the last days on earth before a giant solar storm hit the planet destroying the earth almost so we are old descendants of the last humans that lived that disaster so the Knights Templar believe that the Apple can, you know, fix humanity and the assassins are just, no, we want freedom. We're not entirely sure what this thing does, but we don't want you to get it. Like there is a scene in the video game where where they go to the Vatican and you defeat the evil Pope, which I'm not going to explain <laughs> that any further because that's another rabbit hole. Don't you, don't you, you defeat the evil Pope 
and the floor opens up and there's like neon lights all over the place and this is like you know like victorian era like leonardo da vinci's still alive so the floor opens up you go into these like underground tunnel basement things with these weird glowy lights and this hologram pops up in front of the character and doesn't talk to the character of Ezio. That thing is talking to his descendant who's sitting in the animus and telling him everything. And so then later in the game, Ezio comes out and he's like, yeah, some god, goddess was talking to me, and but it wasn't talking to me. It was like talking through me. And it was just like, there's, there's a lot and it's deep. And... I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's good, and it's it's one of those plot lines that rewards the people that pay it, that that follow it that closely. Yeah. Okay, so having not ever played a game in this franchise, but having seen the film, two questions: mm-hmm. Does this film take place in the same universe as the video games? Yes. 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 Yeah. Before is, is is this just like the first video game? Pretty much, or it would base. It would have to be a little bit after the first video game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the Knights Templar, they're trying to get the Apple of Eden. So they're trying to find assassin bloodlines that are still alive that might have ran across it in the past. Mm-hmm. And so they yeah. do the first one because that was the first guy and they got the Animus working. So they know where the Apple went from him. So they're trying to find the next person, and it turns out to be Altair. You know, this, or this person, I think I might have messed the name up, but because there's so many different characters. No, you got it. Um, okay, so you got this guy, and he had the apple for a little bit, and then they lost it from there, uh, in, in the past, anyway. And then in the so, next one, it's Ezio, and they're mm-hmm. trying to find okay. where it is from there. So I, so to be honest, I think this game might actually take place after the Ezio series. That makes sense because he actually has it. Yeah. At this point, so I mean, the assassin has it in modern day. So this has to be after the Ezio series because I have mm-hmm. no idea how the other games ended because I couldn't get through them. Again, okay. for gameplay, that- storyline that- was great. Yeah, that leads me to my next question. If I wanted to get into this franchise, which game would you recommend starting with? I know Devin loves one, but I would say start at two. Because you're so far removed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that there's that new Ezio trilogy that they released, like remastered everyone. I would start there. He's a fun character and he's fun to follow. And the plot is emotionally engaging and it's cool. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. One last question for you guys. How did you feel stylistically about their choices in the future versus the past? Because the color palettes changed between future and past. You could tell they were kind of going for a different filming style. And I read somewhere that the director was trying to emulate 2001 A Space Odyssey in the modern stuff, which I don't know if I exactly saw, but they definitely tried for a tonal switch. What did you guys think? Because I personally loved it. It's a gimmick. Like that, that's just kind of <laughs> what you do. Sure. Like we're gonna we're gonna give the past the the gold tint and the future the blue tint. Yeah. It, yeah. It's kind of basic. It's easy to do. I could do that with our podcast right now <laughs> if I really wanted to. If we were doing video, it would just be. 
it, it it's basic stuff. Like yeah. it's basic film school one oh one. Um I didn't really I, I only really saw the difference in the color. Like not in like the filming style. I guess the past stuff was a lot quicker with the cuts and the action than the future stuff, but the future stuff was just dark. It was hard for me to see a lot of it. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well I mean for me, I I like that change because it's that way in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the future, like modern time, it's more steely. Um, and then in the past, it's more open. The colors are more vibrant. Hell, in Brotherhood, you go to Rome and it's beautiful. Oh yeah. So yeah, that was I a mean, cool game. so there's that. But uh, one thing about this movie, this movie cemented the fact that I love Fastbender. He was great in it. Like, I really liked him in the Alien movies. Mm-hmm. I liked him as Magneto, and then I saw this, or I saw this before the Alien movies, but or around the same time, doesn't matter. He is one of he is my favorite modern actor. That's a pretty bold and, claim. And to me, this movie is part of that. Like, you know, his his depiction, the way that he played both role, roles of like, you know, him, modern time, and his ancestor, and then you got him as Magneto. Uh, Kristen and I re- re- uh, just recently, a couple days ago, watched Dark Phoenix. I am not going to hold that against him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he's good in two of the uh, X-Men movies, at yeah, least. Yeah, I really think that a lot of the actors in Dark Phoenix kind of just phoned that one in, because it's not just him. Like, there's a handful of others that just, you can tell. But anyway, we're not talking uh, about I could Dark talk Phoenix. For, I could talk for an hour and a half about Dark Phoenix. <laughs> but we're not. Franchise went wrong. Yeah. But, but Disney bought him out, so yeah. it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter anymore. But anyway, um, besides Dark Phoenix, every single role that I've ever seen him in, he's given he's given a hundred and ten percent. Even the snowman, huh? Even the snowman. He was the snowman. Again, no. every role that I've seen him in. <laughs> <laughs> huh. You've never seen the snowman? Let me just read the description for you. Oh no! Uh, Is it like Detective Jack Harry Holt? No, Detective Harry Hole investigates the disappearance of a woman whose scarf is found wrapped around an ominous-looking snowman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, sold. like I said, you got me. for movies that I've it's, seen, <laughs> it's it's got a meta score of twenty-three and a five-point-one rating on IMDb. Ooh, here, I'll, yeah, I'll put it to you this way: this movie and the scene where he loses his family in uh was it uh apocalypse apocalypse yeah when somebody says why is fastbender your favorite modern actor these two roles these two roles. <laughs> so yeah but uh okay. yeah it's weird looking at his imdb because there's like like a, a movie like the snowman but then it's all franchises like alien and x-men Assassin's Creed. So it's like big budget stuff. And he's but. a good actor and it shows. I mean, he wouldn't be selected for the role. I mean, he, he, he would not be Adam and he would not be Walter if it wasn't for the fact that he could act his ass off. That's true. So, I mean, there's that. Now, for the Assassin's Creed movie, to me, um, it also passes the Mortal Kombat 
uh, scale that, that I have. Um, I would put it even at Pokemon because okay. because the video game itself does not lead it. The video game concept and the storyline does not lead itself easily for a movie. Mm-hmm. So the artistic choices that the director made made it work. So I'm not holding the changes against the against the movie. The same, uh, 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 just the same way, I will not hold a Patriot Games, the movie, against the book, <laughs> because there's just too much to to be able to fit into a, uh, a one feature film. So yeah, I'm... so it has a handicap, like in golf, it has a handicap, but it's still even. I'm almost with you. I think that some of the changes they made were just, hey, this is going to look cooler on film, so we're going to make it. So I still yeah. think Detective Pikachu is a little bit more of a faithful adaptation in my mind, but it doesn't mean I didn't like the movie. I liked it for what it was. I liked the, the small slice of history of the franchise that it showed you, and I liked that it, yeah. it really tried to launch itself into a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other thoughts on Assassin's Creed before we move on? It's all I got. All right, boys, let's head to the warp room because we're going to the Mushroom Kingdom. They're brothers. They're plumbers. They're on the trail of a kidnapped princess and a mystical meteorite. It's incredible! That gives anyone who possesses it the power to rule the universe. Now, they must rescue the princess. And make it safely back. Later, alligator. To our world. Are you alright? Before time runs out. Super Mario Brothers. This ain't no game. Jeez. Alright, so my my pick for uh for this week's uh, triple feature is the cult classic, and I'm going to stick to calling it that, Super Mario Brothers The Movie uh, from 1993 starring Bob Hopkins and John Leguizamo. Um, yeah. Ow. So a little behind-the-scenes uh, tidbit on this choice this wasn't originally the choice on the podcast. This was what I wanted to do. But when we were recording the ICU podcast, we learned that this is not available to stream anywhere. But luckily, I was able to find us a DVD copy of this. And Devin was able to find a copy in California. Mm-hmm. So we were able to actually watch this easily. <laughs> um, we were. I was going to just make us watch Sonic, but that would have been cheating because I had never seen that. So... We would have all been going into that blind. Um, so, yeah, this is a movie that is this is the movie that is the reason Nintendo hasn't made a live action movie until Detective Pikachu. <laughs> um, yeah. So I remember watching this as a kid on like Disney Channel or something being like, I don't know what this is, but I guess it's Mario. And I, I didn't remember much about it. Um, did you guys watch this as kids at all? I've never seen this. Yes, I watched this, and I watched that Tyrannosaurus Rex movie with Whoopi that I showed you guys the case for. Oh, I'm, yeah. 
I remember watching those two movies. These uh, um, was it these these two movies back to back a lot. Now I will have to admit though, before watching it today, I mean not not today yesterday, I hadn't seen this thing in like years. I'm not sure exactly when. I know that it was before 1993. Um, well, no, like ni- 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 1995. Mm-hmm. And uh, I and I I I remember three three specific scenes. The dancing Goombas, oh. <laughs> the the uh, the head of the Mushroom King, like pulling down from the ceiling, um, and a mini Velociraptor called Yoshi. <laughs> I the last time I had seen this movie was when I worked at. Uh, Walmart and State College. This was the one that they would play on all the <laughs> demo TVs. I don't know why. What? I think friend of the show Chris had something to do with that. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, <laughs> I would not be surprised. Um, but every time I would walk through electronics, this would be playing. Like, why? Why is this the movie that we're showing people? <laughs> um. So there's a lot to talk about. So. Where do we want to begin? Okay, I'm going to be honest. This is my first time seeing this movie. I want to know everything about it. Okay. Like, because it, my, I know Nintendo is, is like historically very, very protective of their properties to the point where they have to choose you and let, like, actually allow you to stream their stuff on YouTube. You can't post any Nintendo stuff anywhere unless they give you permission, which is crazy that this movie even happened to me. And that they would yeah. let something like that happen. I think this is part of the reason why they're so protective. Um, oh. So to, to boil it down to what happened with this movie is the actors signed on for a different script than what was made. What? Um, there, were, there, was a, there were a lot of changes during production of this. It went over budget. It went over schedule. Um. There's a lot that I, to dive into. There are documentaries on it. Like, if you go to YouTube, there's a whole channel dedicated to, like, archives of deleted scenes and putting together a extended cut of this movie. They're still finding deleted scenes in, like, dailies from back when it was filmed. I know in the last year, I've, <clears throat> I follow this uh, Lost Media subreddit mm-hmm. where people just f- find, like, the alternate ending to Quantum Leap and they've somebody found a deleted scene from this movie when the first call that the Mario brothers go in on for the restaurant, for the plumbing, the Scapelli brothers are there. Yeah. Like they show them interacting with the Scapellis. Like that's an actual scene that was just found in the last year. (laughs) Um, So pretty much the movie was in production hell throughout from the start. Uh Um, It was directed by a husband and wife duo who kept, contradicting each other throughout the film. Um, Bob Hopkins Hoskins and John Leguizamo both said that they were drinking the whole time because it was that horrible. Bob Hoskins broke his hand in a stunt with the plumbing truck. So he's wearing a cast throughout most of the film. Um, Is it like a noticeable cast? Like I didn't notice it. They painted it pink. So it wasn't as noticeable. (laughs) Of course they painted it pink. <laughs> um, yeah. Harold Ramis was supposed to, 
was offered to direct but declined. They wanted Tom Hanks for Luigi, but he declined. Um, Alan Silvestri did the music, though. Yeah. <clears throat> I was surprised by that until I saw it in the credits at the end. I was like, okay. Well, I saw it in the beginning and went, oh, Alan Silvestri, this will be good. It wasn't good. I mean, if speaking strictly about the music, it would be like action music, action music. And then they like intercut like a weird traditional Italian folk song in with the the action music. And I'm like, stop. Like, why? Not only that, but the movie opens with the Super Mario theme. Yeah. Which I completely forgot that it that like the DVD menu is the Mario theme. Which we all know because we all watch it on DVD. Uh, <laughs> um, what, and so the opening of the film, I was like, wait a second. That sounds like Homer Simpson. It was Homer Simpson. Like it's Dan Castanella is the, the narrator at the very beginning of the film. I didn't catch that. That was him. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Ryan, what were your thoughts on this watch through? Uh Uh, <laughs> good talk. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so no. Okay. So, so, so seriously, seriously. Um, I feel like this would have been good for like completely take away the whole Mario aspect to it. And I feel like there is a workable early nineties, like family action movie. Like really, like I seriously thought watching this that, Oh, they found a script for something else and just changed the names. It felt like that. I, I thought about that a little bit during it. And I also thought, like, when they were coming up with a the movie, they just went, what do little boys like? They like dinosaurs. Yeah. They like they like cars with a lot of special effects. Let's stick sparklers on everything. They like, you know, monsters. And they like Mario. That's our movie. Yeah. To, to be fair, though, it's not like there are dinosaurs in the Mario franchise to begin with. That's true. King Koopa is pretty much a dinosaur. You got Yoshi in. When did he appear? The second one? Uh, number three, he showed up in, I think. Or no, not number or three. Is it, he, it's just Super Mario World yeah. is when he showed up, right? Super yeah. Mario World for the Super Nintendo is when yeah. Yoshi okay. showed up. Um, so, yeah, dinosaurs aren't new to the thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just a different take on the... On the Mushroom Kingdom. Like, it, it, it's what if King Koopa had taken over. Um, yeah, I, I from what, everything that I've read up on for this movie, it was always intended to be a Mario's film. Oh, like, wow. It was never something else that morphed into this. I don't know if that is the case or not, but every, I haven't seen anything that said other said that was the case. Um, so here's the thing that I was thinking about a little bit after watching the movie, because it's so easy to watch this movie and go, oh my God, why did that bad, ha that bad choice or why this bad choice? I think that this was probably the best, I'm going to be weird here, probably one of the better approaches they could have taken to the Mario franchise with what they were had to work with. Because Mario's always been kind of a cartoonish character with no personality. The, the world itself doesn't have much of a backstory aside from, hey, they're plumbers, which has nothing to do with the plot of the games. And... For this this movie or for this podcast, I did a little bit of research and watched the Sonic movie too, which I think is another tack they could have taken with this movie, the Howard the Duck style tack, where it's like, "Hey, this character from this video game franchise is in the real world now. 
what? And I think that this is a far more creative approach to that, and I do appreciate it for that. Yeah, I think for the for a live action attempt at Mario, this is probably the best you could have gotten in the nineties. Because I, I don't yeah. know how else you do the mushroom. I don't know how you do the Mushroom Kingdom and do it justice in the nineties. I was thinking about this. Yes, uh, last night. Like, if I were to want to make, if I wanted to make a live action Mario movie, like, how would I set it up? How would I start it? You know, how do you deal with the weird, with with the weird world that they're set in? In fact, that they're plumbers and you know, like, and all this other stuff. And the only thing that I can that I came up with was like a Jumanji type thing. Like, started yeah. off in our world. Be like, hey, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the, you know, it's, it's us or whatever. And have somehow get sucked into the game. And then, like, I, for some reason, that feels so much lazier to me than going through all of the hard work of giving it literal millions of years of backstory like this movie did. Like, this movie felt, the, like, for a Mario movie, felt the need to start, like, at the dawn of time. It's like, I didn't expect that in a Mario movie. I mean, true, but then at the same time, if you do it that way, which is the quote-unquote lazy way, you can actually do the sets. You can have the castle. You can have Princess Peach. Yeah. You can have all of these different people, and you can have it set up in what the video game actually looks like. I mean, that's, I mean, like, that's how I would do it, to try to have it be somewhat, you know, set to make it look, you know, similar I mean, I mean, but yes, I mean, live action, early 90s, the effects that they had available. I mean, the fact that the game came out in like the mid 80s. I mean, this is probably the best that they could do. Right. I mean, the thing is, the game came out with no plot. Like even to this day, the plot is typically, hey, this mean monster stole this lady. You're this fat guy. Go get her. Like, that's it. Step There's on not a movie there. Which... This is where my problems come into it. Goombas aren't reptiles. They are mushrooms. <laughs> Koopa Troopers are turtles. They should have been Koopa Troopers, not Goombas. Eh. Eh. <laughs> I mean, here's See, the thing. I like... mean, you guys go and, you know, like, do that. But, I mean, like, this would be the same thing as making the Pokemon movie and not uh -huh. having actual Pokemon and being like, oh, look, a squirrel. It's a Bulbasaur. Hey, look, a deer. <laughs> it's Pikachu. Like, that's what they did. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. And I agree. Like, it, that does bug me, too. Um, I, I will say that watching this now and with the Internet open on another screen, it's like, Oh, they did a lot more than I realized. Like the woman who uh, who steals the crystal from them, Big Bertha. Yeah, I didn't realize that was the fish from Super Mario. Like Big Bertha is an actual character in Super Mario, the game. That's funny. I didn't. Like, know I think it was it's from fish. two, but I never played. I never, I never played two, which is the this. Oh, we need a Mario thing. Let's just throw Mario into this story and put it out as Mario two. Yeah, that's, that's true. exactly how that game came out came about. Um. But there, there's the Bob, the bomb bombs. Um, I mean, they had a lot of like decent references. Like, 
I mean, if you looked in the back, like they had a tattoo parlor called Hammer Bros, or like a guy was carrying a package called Thwomp. Like, I mean, it it was yeah. there. If they could and have then that Toad. detail, do you think they could actually like name the minions right though? I mean, you would think so, but they didn't. But they did. So, but didn't they? Because I mean, I thought in Mario World, which I think this movie's loosely based on, um, he has you go from castle to castle and you fight his little nephews, and they are nephews canonically. I knew that, but I think one of them is named Spike, and I think one of them is named I don't know what the other one was, um, but like I think Spike was definitely one of the nephews. I think. That and that's great. I still yeah. don't know why they were calling Koopa Troopers Goombas. I mean, that's true. Well, here's my question: <laughs> Are they all Goombas? Because there were two different kinds of heads. There were, yeah, because some were more that's lizards. Because that's from the whole movie with them de-evolving and them going back to like what creature okay. they were to begin with. Because the musical guy went back to being like a frog-looking, yeah, bald thing and then toad that's toad Toad. yeah that's toad and everyone's the fastest character on mario kart that's toad yeah like the one that's canonically a mushroom again again they screwed up on that one too so i mean like to me that's fine that they could have like the barber shop and the stores named after things from the game and you know that's great it just it doesn't make up for the stuff that they got wrong now, the one thing they did get right, which I is my favorite part of the film, is when they're actually in the blue and green costumes. Yes. Like, I, I love those. Those are awesome. I really I, wish it was yeah. kind of a Power Ranger Devin, thing. Devin, you though. rolled your... I really what? wish it was kind of like a Power Ranger thing, though, where, like, before they get that, like, one of them was wearing, you know, like, Luigi might be, you know, wearing different pants throughout the movie because it's a different day, but he's wearing something green. And Mario's wearing something red. And they did not do that. That's why I rolled my eyes. The whole first part of the movie, freaking Mario's in, like, a green suit jacket with, like, red piping. And freaking Luigi's in a red hoodie. I'm like, guys, switch clothes. You have the colors already. Yeah. Like, just switch. <laughs> exactly. Well, I did see in my research that Bob Hoskins did not know that Mario was a video game when he took this job. <laughs> His his son had to show him what what he was playing. Oh no! It's like, oh, okay. And this is the guy who just came off of Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Hook. So oh man, so this movie that that would make an interesting triple feature. Oh, that is would. those two movies and then this. It would be so fun next to each other. So this movie does something that depictions of Mario, I think, in almost any live action does that actually kind of chafes at me a little bit. And I'm not one of those one, normally one of these people. I don't like when they over Italian him. I don't like when he's like, Oh, Holy cannoli, Luigi. <laughs> like, Oh, I just, that's not him for me. Like it's some other guy. See to, see, to me, I was fine with that because he's an Italian plumber. He's supposed to be Italian. Me, if I were casting this movie or doing this movie, and it would be live action to where you wouldn't be sucked into a video game. Mm-hmm. Luigi would be Italian, like a citizen of Italy, not America, oh. not American. He would be no, Italian. No, 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 no. They're they're from Brooklyn. They're you from can't take Brooklyn. that away. <laughs> they're from Brooklyn. Are they real? The they're Italian American. They are from Brooklyn. Yeah. in the video game. Yeah, wow. they're Italian American. 
We have our icons. Don't take them away from me, man. <laughs> I just thought he was Italian plumber. I had, I've played these games as a kid. At no point have I ever seen the words New York and Brooklyn in them. I, I will. You need to read the instructions manual because that's where it is. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I am dead serious. That, that, that is where you can find out their history. They hide a Fine. lot of plot and instruction manuals in the 90s. Fine. First generation. First generation American. <laughs> Yes. Like, I'm, like, you know, like, so yeah, whatever. The, the Italian thing's funny because John Leguizamo is quoted on IMDb as saying, you see a lot of Italians playing Latin people, like Al Pacino and Scarface. Now it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of love that. I love, I absolutely love him. And was what got me into him as an actor was Spawn. When he played the evil clown. Have either of you guys seen Spawn? Oh, I've never seen Spawn. No. Oh, my God. Honestly, okay. I think this is the first thing I remember him from. Because from then on, it's like, oh, hey, it's Luigi. Like, <laughs> I, I remember enough about this movie that that's what I know. <laughs> and I think I knew Bob Hoskins as, oh, hey, that's Mario. So that I, these two, at least this movie at least left that in dead on me. And then I watched Roger Rabbit. It's like, oh, it's the guy from Roger Rabbit. Oh, so yeah, for me, it's always been the guy from Roger Rabbit and it's always been the guy from Spawn. OK, there, there's something we need to talk about, and I think I know why this movie is not available to stream anywhere. And it has nothing to do with the, the quality of the movie. Why? Like I thought it did. OK, so Bowser's castle at the end <gasps> isn't a castle. Yeah, it's the Twin Towers. Yeah. And that was the first building in New York to go. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. That was that was weird after 2001. That doesn't sit well. No. Doesn't doesn't age well. Hmm. What do you mean the fact that they Like when I he lost like, you they... guys for a second, sorry. Oh, sorry. When they like yeah. merged realities and like Bowser's castle was in the middle of New York City. Oh, and it took out the Twin Towers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest though, okay. In context, stuff like that doesn't bother me. Simply because the movie was made in 93 and yeah. the Twin Towers is what New York City was known for. So, of course, they're going to mess with it. It's the same thing with, you know, Spider-Man. They had to cut out that one scene because yeah. he threw a web up between the two of them. If, you know, 9-11 never happened, that scene would still be in the movie. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like, a you know, it, it makes you think about it. But at this point with older movies, I don't. I don't really react to it. I, I can see that being a reason that this is not available to stream. Because for some people, like if somebody just wants to sit down and watch Mario and that triggers them, like I can see a studio not wanting to have to deal with the repercussions of that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there, there are other reasons that this movie is probably is not available to stream. Um, but any other positive things we can say about this movie? Because I feel like we've we've uh, shat on it a lot. Okay, I keep on trying to Google something that I keep on like remembering and forgetting those guns that they used in 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 the game. Those bazooka looking things. Mm -hmm. I believe mm -hmm. those were actual controllers at one point. Yeah, they were for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, oh, okay, cool. good, good. I thought so because I remember watching. It, I'm like, I know that a friend of mine had that. I believe. 
and you use that for one of the games. I forget which one it was, but that was an actual, like, controller. And I was like, oh, good, okay, well, at least they're doing this, because that was cool. You know, like, them using actual equipment from Nintendo to use on the console in the movie that they were shooting. Like, that, yeah. that worked. That was cool. It's just, there's so much stuff. <laughs> I, I liked, so they had, one of, one of Mario's only moves is that he jumps on people's heads. Like, and they had to address it in the movie. And I like the way they did. I like their little boots that, like, were kind of rocket boots, kind of hovery boots. I thought yes. that was fun. Those I liked, too. Those worked. That's, like, to me, with going back to one of the movies, the boots is, like, the way that they changed the Atomus for, 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 you know, Assassin's Creed. It worked in a way for the movie to explain something for live action that happens in a video game to make it, yeah. you know, real. That, like, you could believe. So, I also I also think I did appreciate the king, the the king that was the mushroom, uh, that like you saw throughout the movie, and they kind of kept hinting at it, and I was like, this is a cool plot thread. I don't think I liked his design. Once you like saw like this like goober of Shrek's earwax come down from the ceiling, I thought that was a little much, (laughs) but like overall, I thought it was a neat plot point, and I liked that he kept gifting them throughout the thing. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like that aspect of it. Um, I like that they kept calling him the Mushroom King, your Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. I thought I didn't think I didn't think Dennis Hopper was a bad Koopa. No, no, he wasn't. Uh, all I could remember, or all I could think of, whenever they showed Dennis Cooper, was um, his character from Speed. Like, I really feel like he was just playing the same villain just as Koopa. Because there's there's a scene where he's holding something, and I forget what it is, in Mario. And he said, that's it. It's done. I won. And I swear, and I was right, because I watched Speed right after I watched Mario. Um, it's the same line. He gives the same line in both movies the exact same way, with the exact same tone, with the exact same inflection. It was just, it was, it was too good. I mean, more people saw Speed than they did Mario, so (laughs) it paid off. Yeah, I mean, I I would not be surprised if he just played the same character, like the same nuance from Speed. I... I did completely forget, though, at the very end, they kind of show him in his dinosaur form. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. He was, was the T-Rex. Cool. Yeah. yeah. He was a T-Rex. I was promised he would be. And then they de-evolved him into goo. <laughs> Literal primordial ooze, which is a <laughs> ooze, funny yeah. detail and I really love. <laughs> um, also, his line that you talked about came after the best, worst joke in the whole movie because... There was a time when they cut to him ordering a pizza, and I got really mad at the screen at the oh, scene because yeah. I went, of all the friggin' things that could have included in this movie, we're gonna spend two minutes telling me his pizza order. I hate this. And then it paid off at <laughs> that last scene. We're like, your pizza's here. He's like, not, not now. Like that was such a good like follow up to that joke. Yeah. Uh. So there's one last thing I wanted to talk about, about like the behind the scenes of this movie. Yeah. It had a different ending in Italy. What? Why? It, the, in Italy, the movie ends with him going through the portal and the, the Goombas dancing. <laughs> that makes me what? happy. 
That you never see happy. them. You never see them back in Brooklyn. But you don't get that they're, cool stinger of Daisy with a gun. You mean the Back to the Future ending? No, you don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong though. They actually said they were copying Back to the Future for that. Like they, that's what they were going for. I can just I can just imagine Alan Silvestri scoring that scene and be like, wait. I've done this before. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> so wait, was this between Back to the Future 2 and 3? No, this was after the whole trilogy. Because I really got the, the sense that, like, the, the Mushroom Kingdom was just the Biff version of Hill Valley. Like, when they go to, That's like, fair. We go to the messed up version of the future, like, it just seemed like that kind of vibe the whole time. I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. I don't know what else we can say about Mario. So, I have, go ahead. This this is my wife's favorite of all three. Whoa! So you've been you've been teasing us all week about your wife rolled her eyes yes. when you told her what movies they were. Okay, so and I, I leaned in, I just leaned into assuming that this was it. It's not, Devin. Then, I'm sorry, but it's it, yours. She rolled her eyes at Detective Pikachu. Why? <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. For me, I have a different w- w- scale of like rating video game movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Kristen has one completely different. She doesn't play video games, but she can mm-hmm. appreciate a video game movie. As in, she will never play Assassin's Creed. She's sure. probably watched me play two minutes of it. She, f- she thought it was interesting, and that was it. But she liked the idea of Assassin's Creed enough to watch the movie. And she mm-hmm. likes... A- and she likes the movie, and she likes watching video game movies because it gives her an idea of what the game is about mm-hmm. without having to actually, like, watch me play it. So, to her, a video game movie needs to be based off a storyline that is just a video game, and a video game alone. Mm-hmm. So, she does not consider Detective Pikachu a video game movie because of the amount of because of the amount of other in- entertainment out there that is Pokemon. It's not just a video game, it's a card game. It's not just a video game, it's a TV show. Uh. Now, even though in Japan, the card game... In, because even though in Japan, the card game and the video game came out at the same time, mm. in the U.S. it didn't. It came out at the same time as the show came out, and the card game came out, and the video game came out. And that's why she's like, it's not really just a video game movie. Like, it's a cultural thing. Interesting. I didn't realize I was stretching the rules so, so much. That's, so I mean, but that's what, like let I it said, go, Devin. This whole this whole episode is based on a lie. <laughs> All right, we're throwing so, it I out, mean, guys. Listen, I listen. I consider it a video game movie because I think of the video game when I think of Pokemon, not the card game. Mm. Even though I collected the cards, but still, yeah. I just wanted to tell you that, like, I told her the movies, and she was like, "Pokemon, really? Oh. For a video game? <laughs> like, you know?" But Anyway, um, she loves, she watched this movie, this this Mario movie, a lot when she was younger. And she loves Toad. She loves that character. When he becomes a Goomba, or a non-Goomba, she really likes him with the harmonica and the dance. Yeah, Goomba. Air air quotes. Um, she, she, uh, She likes the fact that he has a harmonica, that he's always smiling, that he's always happy, he's always trying to help Daisy, and the entire time we're watching the movie, because she watched it with me, 
she kept on referring to Toad as, as our cat because he has <laughs> a little round head and our cat Bean has a little round head. So she was like, oh, he looks like Beanie. And I'm like, it's a seven foot tall monster with a pinhead. <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> this is not our cat. But anyway. <laughs> But, but, oh, but, but anyway, that. she she liked that. She liked Yoshi, the whole dinosaur thing. And honestly, Yoshi wasn't as weird as I thought. No, Yoshi fit. Yeah, like, he didn't stand out as being as weird as I remember him standing out as being weird. Like, I was actually kind of okay with it. Okay, so we all talked about video game movies today. And before we started recording, we all did some research on our franchises to see which franchise has the most video games. So going back in order, Devin, how many Pokemon games are there? Video games are there? So in- including the spinoff, because I have to, because Detective Pikachu is in fact a spinoff and not a main franchise thing. I'm counting, I'm counting spinoffs for mine yep. too, so you're good. There are 122 Pokemon games. I had no idea. Ryan, how about you? How many Assassin's Creed uh, Assassin's Creed games are there? Twenty three, if I remember counting. Like I said, I had to close the window, but I think it was twenty three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any guesses on how many Mario games there are? How many video games Mario appears in? Uh, uh, five hundred, give or take fifty. Uh, appears in <laughs> is so hard because he's in a lot of stuff that he has no right being. Uh, the, in. The, the, okay, so the the. The thing I'm looking at is the franchise has spawned more than this many. So it's all the spinoffs, anything that is based out of the Mario franchise. I think I think Ryan's number is a little high, honestly. I'm going to say 367. Okay. Like, like I said. 200. Oh. 200? 200. That's so many. That's crazy. I didn't know it was that many, though. Like, I'll send you guys the actual list. They have a list somewhere? Oh, yeah. That's so many games. Now, did you guys see the end credits scene to Mario? Because I let it play all the way through the credits. No. What was the end credit scene? Two Asian guys. Really bad accents. Biz- they're business guys. And, and they were pitching making a video game based off these brothers' experiences. And they pan the camera over, and it's not the Mario Brothers. It's it's the two cousins. And they're pitching names <laughs> for their video game series. The ones oh who are dumb, and then they get evolved, oh, like, superly. Yep. And I took, a, uh, I took a picture of my TV screen where the joke is it lands on, like, the last thing that they think of to, like, say. Mm-hmm. And it's... The Super Koopa Cousins. Wow. It's going to be the name of the video game. They're sitting on the couch. It's on YouTube. I'll send it to you. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, yep. There it is. Those two, huh? And the depiction of 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 the Japanese businessmen, though, is bad. Oh, is it? Like, it's the really bad, like, Japanese-American accent. Oh, jeez. It's not good. It's not good at um, all. So, the, the Super Mario Brothers, the movie is what it is. Yeah. My, my go-to live-action Super Mario and Luigi are from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yes! Oh, if you don't end this podcast with the Super Mario, uh, do the Mario song, I'll be so sad. Uh, 
Devin, you know me all too well because that's the only reason I brought it up. <laughs> uh, so I looked. Okay, so like I looked that up after you guys were talking about it the last time we talked, and I don't remember that show. I'll I'll have to send you a link. I only to watched it. it in college, ironically, but it's so good. Ironically, it's one of the I watched it as a child. Unironically, <laughs> I had it on. I had like episodes on VHS. You win. You win it, Mario. So I think the only last thing I have to say about Mario and take this with what with, you know, who I am, if you ever want to torture me ever, just put that. How many Mario's are there? Well, I'm Mario Luigi or I'm Luigi Mario. This is Mario Mario. There are three Mario's play that scene for me over and over again. And I'll crack like that. That is like (laughs) that scene was like nails on a freaking chalkboard the whole time. I paused it and went Romana. Guess what Mario's last name is? It's Mario. And like had to like will myself to keep watching. That's canon. That's canon? That's canon. I'm done with yeah. the franchise. I'm never playing Mario again. Yeah, you are. I, yeah, you're so, right. I'll play it tonight. So I said this for the last two movies. I got to say it for this one. This movie uh-huh. does not pass my Mortal Kombat test. Or scale. Okay. Okay, that leads me to my last question before we wrap this uh, triple feature up. Is there a video game franchise that you have not that has not had a film adaptation that you want to see on the big screen? A video game that that does not have a movie. Yes. The Division. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you could just turn on CNN, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, I mean, to be honest, you're not that far off, but I mean, no, I mean, I would really, there were supposed to be plans to make a TV show and apparently they fell through. I mean, it's something where it would have to be done kind of like the Pokemon movie did because it's such a, it's such a Tom Clancy classic, deep spider webby story to the video game that the only way to really tell it would be to find one specific agent and tell their specific story within Mm -hmm. this world. And if you know this world, everything's going to make sense. If you don't know this world, we'll give you a couple clues to what they are, but you're going to have to find somebody who's played the game or knows it. Devin, how about you? Um, I'm torn. I either want God of War or I want Uncharted. I know Uncharted is going to be an Indiana Jones ripoff, I don't care. I like that style of movie, and I want it done well. So watch Laura Croft. Okay. I don't like it. I didn't like it like <laughs> I wanted to. That was another one that I wanted to bring up with this podcast. Like I wanted to like that movie, and I didn't. The, Ange- uh, the Angelina Jolie or the new one? Both. I mean, I was into the Angelina Jolie one when, I, when it came out because I was like young and impressionable. <laughs> um, but, like... Weren't we all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> But, like, I don't know. I didn't like either of them, honestly. Okay. So, just so you know, this could change, but right now there is an Uncharted movie coming out next summer. I know, and I'm such an ass because I just said I want it. I don't want that one. I don't know why I don't want that one, but I don't want that one. But it stars Mark Wahlberg, Tom Holland, and Antonio Banderas. What What else could you want? It depends on... I guess it depends on who Mark Wahlberg is. If he's the bad guy, sure. If he's Nathan Drake, no thank you. Tom Holland is Nathan Drake. All right. Yeah, fine. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I said The Division because that's a game that I recently played. 
uh-huh. and I was just thinking about it. A game that 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 like got me into gaming more so than when I was a kid was mm-hmm. Gears of War. Oh, I would love to see a Gears of War movie because that's one sci-fi. It, it's it, mm-hmm. it's it's got science fiction. It has chainsaws on rifles, and it's got <laughs> monsters. It's got my Godzilla niche. It's got chainsaws on rifles, and it's sci-fi. I will watch that movie regardless. No, it's got to be good. So yes, but what that's else what do I you really need? Want. I would want Gears of War more than the, the Division. So I'll go. With I that. know they've tried to do it a few times. I'm I'm excited for the Showtime Halo series that is going to be coming out soon. I'm curious about that. Is it really happening? Yeah. It's really happening. I, um, I think they filmed it. So I've seen a ton of like animated, like computer animated, uh, like Halo movies. Are they any good? I haven't seen them. Uh, I want to watch the Fall of Reach one because I love Halo Reach. Yeah. But they already made that a movie. It's called Star Wars Rogue One. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then other than that, I think a, you could get a good franchise or at least a good animated movie in the in the vein of like something from Illumination Studios, like just do a Crash Bandicoot movie. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Like, keep the keep him silent. Do a lot of slapstick humor with him, and just have Cortex and all the bad guys there. Like I would love to see that game. What was Th- the, that game turned into a movie? What What was the game with the Earthworm in the space? Earthworm suit? Jim. Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim. There we go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That was a cartoon. It was, oh, was yeah, it? that's in right. The 90s. It, it was a cartoon. Yeah. That's right. It and was. Crash Bandicoot, this is weird that I know this, but Crash Bandicoot did show up on an episode of the Skylanders TV show on Netflix. I'm so happy you know that. Because uh, did you know Skylanders is based off of Spyro? No, and it hurts because I love Spyro. Yeah, Spyro's on that show, too. Ew. Do you guys? But yeah, you can buy. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Do you guys think a a uh, a Legend of Zelda would work for a movie? I don't think so. I could, I could maybe see it as a TV series. You guys okay. know it was a TV series, right? Was it? Yeah, and Link's catchphrase was "Excuse me, princess." Okay. It. Then in that case, it never happened. So let's just talk about <laughs> a, a modern version of this. Yeah. Wait, hold on. They got Steve Martin to play Link. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's all we've got. Yeah. I think th- an hour and a half is a good length of an episode. Maybe too long. <laughs> but if you're still with us, thank you. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, if you did enjoy us, go ahead and uh, rate our podcast wherever you're listening to us. And go ahead and leave a comment. We love you. We love your feedback. Uh, you can also email us at you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have not gotten any emails, but I'm going to keep promoting it until we do. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, uh, like us on Facebook for all the latest episodes. Um, until next time, when I figure out what I'm going to make us watch. Um, for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. <laughs> And do the Mario! Swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now.